This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello everyone, um, welcome to the latest episode of the Tull and Bat podcast, uh, sponsored by Six Yards Out and Pearson's Bar. Uh, I'm your host, Ant Northgrays, and this episode I'm joined by William Young and Nathaniel Witter. How are we doing, guys? Good evening. Well. Well, Will, how are you feeling? Um, splendid. Splendid. Good word. Yeah, getting his semantics out on us. It's going to be a bit of a bumper episode today. Um discussing obviously we've got the 3-2 win over Coventry at the MKM uh the pretty poor defeat at QPR Ooh. uh we'll have a brief look at obviously the Sheffield United game coming up on the weekend it's going to be a big mm. one um and then we'll also probably talk quite a bit about transfers because we've had a very busy transfer window and we've been quite busy today uh, and obviously it's Traore away <laughs> yeah finally got Traore. yeah yeah uh, obviously, but uh, before we head into any sort of full city chat, uh, you can still vote for us at the Football Content Awards. The vote is still open. It closes on the 19th of September for the initial round, um, obviously announcing the finalists on that day. Where the, if we've made it into the finalists, it would be open again for you to vote for us to try and win outright. But if anybody who has voted for us, thank you. Uh, continue to do so. Uh, you can vote by Twitter, Instagram, or on the website itself. You can head to the link tree if you want to get a bit more detail about it. Um, so obviously, before... Um, we chat about uh, the Coventry game. Um, I think it's worth noting that, um, no, actually, no, we will. We'll go straight into it. We'll leave transfers till the end. We'll go to Coventry first. We'll go to Coventry first. Uh, so, obviously, three, two, yeah. Uh, three out of three wins at home. Um, the home form and the away form seems to be a big stark contrast at the minute. Um, but uh, a decent performance overall. Well, you was there, weren't you? So, uh, what what was your thoughts on the game as a whole? It was a great game to watch. Being if you was a neutral, you'd have really liked the game. Um, both teams had plenty of chances, I would argue. Um, both teams pretty much put away all the, ch- the big chances they had, actually, as well, to be fair. A um, couple of um, moments where we didn't look, we looked a bit dodgy. But for the most part, I thought we deserved the win. Um, and big Oscar, uh, given the chat, setting the challenge out to Erling Haaland, which he proceeded to take very well. Um, all in all, a, a good three points. Yeah. I mean, obviously, so the home form, 
last season was quite a bit of an issue. Towards the end, I think it, it, it swapped, didn't it? We were really good away from home and really poor at home, but then it swapped towards the end. It... Since Shotter came in, it's improved. Yeah, so that, that sort of vein of forms continued into this season. Um, do we think, what, what do we put, obviously, the home form down to? Is it literally just a case of fans coming back, mood being lifted, that kind of thing? Um, or is it just the teams we've been playing home and away, difference in ability kind of thing? Uh, what, 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 what would you think on that, Nathaniel? Well, I disagree that the home form improved when Schotter came in because we won the first game against Swansea and then we, we didn't score in like the next six. I think it flipped towards the end of last season when we were pretty much safe. Like we were, we were struggling for points at home and then we, we won, you know, against Coventry and Middlesbrough and then we were able to relax a bit. We've had that game in the away kit and the blackout kit against Cardiff, which we won. And then that sort of switched the form around. So, I mean, that's five wins and a draw from last season at home in our last six games. So I guess the attendances have helped this season. There's a great atmosphere around the club. And that's going to help us, and um, especially when we've been hanging on to leads in the last few minutes against um, Norwich and uh, Coventry uh, more recently. Um, I don't know why the away form is so bad, um, especially last year. We, you would have thought um, it would have, we would have started well at home and been poor away. But I guess the new players, although I mean a lot of them weren't involved against QPR, so there's no excuse there. The new players maybe. It's more of a hostile atmosphere away from home, but like the only real new signings there were um, Oscar and Tete on, uh, against QPR, and then Figueredo should be fine because he's been in the championship. He's gone to these grounds before, so I don't know. I can I can't really understand why the away form's bad, um, but the home form, yeah, it's great. It's um, the MKM's been made into a fortress, and uh, long may that continue. Yeah, especially important when considering the Sheffield United game is going to be at home. That'll be um, a real test because they're obviously going to be, you know, up there in contenders this season from what, what we've seen so far. Um, so, obviously, the big one, Oscar's hat-trick. Um, the guy's got seven goals already this season, which by, by recent years is phenomenal for for, for us because um, we don't normally have strikers that reach seven, let alone at this stage of the season. But he's, he's not going to be one of those strikers, is he, that's going to get, you know... 30-yard thunder bastards, I don't think, but he's going to be one of these into you. He's, he's obviously going to be a goal poacher who's there in the right place at the right time. He's, he's, he's All of his goals so far have been, what, very reactionary? Well, yeah. Sort of readjusting he's, his not, body he's not Robert Corrin. He's not Robert Corrin, no, but he is, he is yeah, very... About six yards out combined his goals have been from. Yeah. We should get I mean, that's a bit of an exaggeration, he's, but it, it was against um, Coventry he, especially. He's a... He's a proper goal scorer. He's a proper like the Lineker sort of striker where he just yeah. he's in the right place at the right time. And you can't really teach that or train that. You just you've just got it. And um, you know, imagine how good he's going to be with proper service. Because I mean, I guess we've obviously been getting the ball into the right areas for him to score this many. But um, you know, at the moment, uh, um, playing Tete, who's, who's done a good job at left wing, but is a striker. That's not his main role. And, um, you know, they have been a bit scrappy, but he should be scoring a lot, um, you know, and it shows he can score when we're having a tough period as well without a lot of the ball. So he should be, um, you know, even better, hopefully quite soon with a better service. 
Yeah, he's just one of those strikers in here that knows where to be at the right time. That that whole Pomo, the position of maximum opportunity thing. He's obviously a, a player that that try and, tries to mold himself on that style. And I think from from the games that I've watched him, he he won't be far off getting these goals where he's he's running in behind and, and getting one on one with the keeper and putting them in kind of thing. He's just waiting, obviously, for when we get players like Tufan and then back who can play these passes in behind. Um, he'll he'll be getting these kind of goals as well, which is obviously just going to mean really good news for us because he he's going to be scoring these, um, you know, slight tappings in the box, but he's also going to offer a different dimension as well because especially at the QPR game, obviously we'll, we'll talk about that there, but he's, he's constantly running and pointing in front of him. He wants the ball in these areas and he's the kind of forward who knows exactly where he wants it. And if we've got the players that are going to put the ball on that spot for him, then he's going to get plenty for us this season. And then it just matters on who's going to contribute goal-wise um, amongst the rest of the team, where we could end up this season. Because if we've just got Oscar scoring, we'll probably be mid-table. But your difference between a mid-table side and a top six side is where you know your goals come from across the team. And set pieces, I do think we need to sort of pick up on as well. I think we've definitely got enough height in the team to be a big threat and scoring regularly from set pieces. So I'd like to see us improve in that oh. sense. But oh. Oscar's shown he can score with his head. When you look at footage of him playing in Portugal. Yeah, he's oh, yeah, a threat. That's, yeah, that's his main threat. I'm surprised he hasn't scored a... Well, he's only scored the one header, and that was like from a deflection from the goalkeeper. So, um, yeah, he, he definitely should be um, scoring a lot more headers. I'm just yeah. surprised how many he scored with his feet, really. I don't think we put a many, many lofted crosses in, though, do we, to score headers? Mm. If you look at... Um, Not yet, you know, the goals we've scored, the kind of you know, the, the more drilled sort of low crosses that cause oh. you know a bit of pinballing in the area for someone to put away, kind of thing. And it'll be interesting to see what it's like when players like Cynic and Pelkas are playing yeah. on the wing. Yeah, instead. I think Pelkas is probably more of a goal scorer cutting in sort of having shots. I'm not like a Wilkes sort of type or Lewis Potter, I'm not sure he's a, an assister necessarily, but then I think Cynic is probably better. Uh, crossing, perhaps, but you know, we'll just have to wait and see. I, I mean, the way they've described Belkas as an attacking midfielder on the transfer announcement, I would imagine they probably think he's better there than uh, as a winner. Mm. Uh, so, speaking of obviously the supply to the strikers, I do think that um, in the Coventry game, both Calmelda and Louis Coyle had very good games. I think um, we're starting to see Schotter give him a bit more license to push further up the pitch. And obviously, um, two of the goals definitely come from, you know, the wing-backs getting into dangerous positions and and, and sticking the ball in the box as often as they can. And um, do you think that going forward, that the wing-back system that we use... Um, I'll come to you for this one, Will. Do you think the wing-back system we use should probably... Um, I don't know because I don't know what our full term side plays like. Because yeah. uh, I, I, I think what at I was, the moment, what I was yes. Think, yeah, what I was going to say is like obviously when the wing backs are are in these positions, they, they seem to be sticking across in the box of a you know a bit of power. They're trying to semi like shoot it at the keeper almost and hope a deflection, whereas. Do you think maybe we should be trying to get it to the byline a bit more or chuck a bit more early crosses in? Because one thing that frustrated me, um, I know this is from the QPR game, but one thing that frustrated me was we seemed to get the ball in the crossing positions and then we turn around and decide to start again where, you know, you can see the likes of, you, especially on Coyle's side, because you've got Tete at the far post 
and then you've got Oscar just in front of him. So, on co- yeah. you know, on the right-hand side, if Westy Canelli crosses in, you've got two players there that potentially could be t- scoring a header, and we don't really seem to be using that as a as a means to attack. We, we're, we're trying to work the ball into the box more than anything. Do you think maybe that the style maybe needs changing up a bit, or is it just a case no, of... I think you need to a mixture... Of both, because you don't want to just rely on one particular attack because then it's easy to read and you just keep getting put it back at you. You need to do a mixture of things. So while I do think we do need to do more crossing, I do think it shouldn't be our only outlet. Yeah, because I mean the thing is, it's, it just seems odd that we've got a player that's got such aerial ability and then a player the size of Ben Tay, and we don't really seem to be using that as an outlet. Um, it, it, we definitely should, I think, especially in games where we're struggling, should be playing a bit more direct. Um, I think that the the commitment to sort of the playing out from the back thing. Um, I know we were maybe a bit critical of it last season because we didn't really have the um, the means to play a more direct way. I don't think we we just the ball would come straight back to us. But this season, especially, I think we've got we've got that outlet. We've got a wide target man if we want to use him. We've got Oscar who's physical enough and and, and asks questions and can win a header if we need. So, in terms of trying to change a game and maybe how we approach some certain teams. Uh, more direct manner, perhaps, um, just to sort of, you know, even just to quell a bit of uh, pressure, because I think from from the most recent game, um, the playing out from the back thing can cause a bit of problems. Uh, but obviously, Coventry's two goals then. So the penalty, um, definite penalty. Um, yeah, soon given. Yeah, no complaints well, on that one. Figs um, didn't get the ball, did he? And the Coventry player did, and he took him out. It looked pretty I mean, standard to me. If we're going to defend the Tete penalty against Bristol, you can't deny that penalty. Yeah. I agree. And then obviously their second goal coming from a corner. I think um, we've asked this on the last couple of episodes now about whether or not we've improved defending-wise on set pieces. Um, and it doesn't look like we have, uh, which is quite It's odd. the same defence, really, isn't it? Um, I guess the only difference is Figueredo and... Uh, he's made a few mistakes so far. He's not been quite as um, assured as I'd hoped he would be, and I hopefully he can he can get better. But um, yeah, that's still a, a big problem, and it shouldn't be because we've got you know Figs and um, Oscar and Tete who should be defending them well. So uh, it seems to be like the second uh, the knockdowns are not getting quick enough to that. That was, the commentary goal was um, a few. It's like a pinball, wasn't it? Not just a free header. Yeah, I think I think the um, the decision making when it comes to um, obviously when when we've got the ball in our own box and we're trying to either decide whether to just smash it clear or try and work our way out, they've obviously been instructed to if if they see an opportunity to pass it out, then go for it. Um, and then players maybe getting caught in two minds where. In another game, they'd be they'd just smash that into row Z, but then thinking, all right, Shotter's wanting me to play this, um, and then obviously it, it results in a bit of uh, hesitancy to to just sort of take command of, of what's going on, and, and it leads to, you know, like we say, pinball uh, and in the back of our net. But you know, these are things that these are these are teething problems we're going to get with new players i think then it'll, it'll obviously they'll, they'll sort themselves out eventually when, when well it was set more. pieces mm-hmm. against sheffield united last season we really struggled with um so i just hope we you know, be... yeah, yeah but, but i just hope don't... we're um working on it before the game on sunday otherwise it will just well, be a repeat of last year 
We haven't got um, Malik Wilkes man marking um, Egan this time, though. So, you know, it could, mm. should be a bit different this season, unless we stick uh, Andy Cannon on him. But yeah. um, Smith, Tyler Smith or something worse. Yes, Tyler Smith, yeah, because he's tiny. Um, so, obviously, uh, another good win. It put us third in the table, um, that Coventry win. Uh, we travelled to QPR on quite high spirits. Um, a bit of a, I, I want to ask you about the... Um, the starting lineup. We had a brief discussion about it before the episode started, um, but I'll ask I'll ask you, Nathaniel. So obviously, the team news came out. We had uh, we had a certain Ryan Longman back in. Um, mm-hmm. Andy Cannon started. Uh, Cyrus Christie made his debut. Um, did, what did, was you surprised then that Ryan Woods didn't start? Yeah, I w- I was surprised. I mean, I thought. I haven't necessarily seen this myself. I've been listening to a lot of the games this season, so people are going to say, oh, Williams has done well, Cannon's done well. I, I don't really know whether Cannon deserved to start or not because I hadn't seen the commentary performance. But, um, yeah, I mean, I was saying this before the, the episode started, that the plan this season was not for Cannon to be starting. Uh, you know, that the plan was, you know, to have... Well, we have five midfielders injured at the moment, or we did for that match. So, um, you know, obviously that wasn't the plan. But, you know, if he'd done well against Coventry, I didn't, uh, you know. I think, you know, the, the goals we scored were from the wing banks against Coventry City. It wasn't like a, a brilliant move. So, although Woods had played well, he'd only just come into the side. Maybe they thought um, Cannon would have a bit more energy. But without a very recognisable number 10 um, fit you know, for that game. I guess it's surprising to change a winning team. I thought maybe Longman would have been playing at number 10 because I thought he might have been better suited than Cannon because we don't really yet know what... It's what that's what happens when a midfielder doesn't play very well. You're not really sure whether they're an attacking one or a defensive one. I, I still don't think we've seen the best of Cannon, uh, so we don't know if he's an attacking one or not. So... And then again, we, we changed formation to three at the back, or we, maybe we had done that against Coventry, but it's still interesting to see whether we will be sticking three at the back or, or four. We certainly looked more comfortable when because we, we started with a 4-3-3, uh, from, from what it looked like anyway. We had obviously Teta, Estepinion and um, Longman as the front three. Uh, mm-hmm. Jones sort of sitting in that number six behind Slater and Cannon. And then obviously we had um, Christie. Figueredo, Greaves and Elder as the back four, but it, I, I don't know, we just didn't, as soon as we switched to three at the back, we brought Woods on, the, the the dimension of the game, obviously QPR will have taken the foot off the gas a little bit, but the dimension of the game just entirely changed, and I just think that, you know, we, we maybe looked a bit disorganised, I know Christy kind of got chucked in, sort of for a, a debut, a bit of baptism of fire, wasn't it, because even like he admitted on, um, I think it was Twitter or Instagram after the game, he'd, he'd been training on his own in summer, and he'd not had much time to train with the team, um, so, you know, he was kind of just asked to play for a bit of a out of the blue well, injury for Louis Coyle. He wouldn't have played otherwise. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we were all quite, yeah, we were all quite surprised, obviously, that he started. But then, obviously, when we found out the news that Louis Coyle was injured, um, you can kind of understand why. But then again, you could have asked questions, obviously, with Randall Williams. Now, he could have played as a wing back. Uh, we've seen him well, play the right way. Later on, right? He did. He came on. He looked quite good when he came on. Um, I'll ask you then, Will. So individual errors seems to have been a common problem throughout last season. It's kind of trickled into this season. I don't know if it's maybe a symptom of trying to play out from the back, but 
the first goal and the third goal were pretty much identical in the sense of Jones yep. for the first one messing about on the ball, uh, lost possession, and then chair with a very nice finish. We would like to admit um, for the first goal, and then the third one was Andy Cannon decided to try and ball roll two QPR players, lost the ball, and then obviously um, Chris Willock scored. But it, you know these these moments in games, especially that first goal, just kind of knocked the stuffing out of us and. You know, it's preventable, I think, which is the most frustrating aspect of it. What do we do to cut that out? Don't be so silly on the 30 yards out from your box with the ball. <laughs> Simply put, play more play a more simple game. They're trying you, to be you're, if, if you're not, yeah, they aren't too fan or seri. They're not players who they're that sort of passing is their bread and butter. Um they're the sort of players that are more get stuck in and more they're not as technical so you expect them to do the more simple tricks rather than relying on tricks that they wouldn't normally be expected to do I'm just rambling at this point um, <laughs> essentially they just need to just concentrate more it's, it's as simple as that just focused on what you're doing Look, make sure you're not like the cannon one, he had two players on him and he thought that was a good idea. I mean, yeah. I don't get that thinking. Bad decision-making for, for both goals. Basically exactly the same. Jones gave the ball away 30 yards out, Cannon did the same. I guess the second one's more frustrating because you think, well, okay, we conceded that first goal. What That's I won't it. do like, is give the ball away in my own half. Again. And then they did. And it was pretty much exactly the same sort of finish, cutting in from the left with squaring right foot in that right-hand side. Very frustrating, but I mean, um, you know, uh, this is going to happen when we're um, we're not playing our strongest team. Um, the Cannon probably won't happen again. I, I don't see him playing very much when when our five midfielders plus Simons we've signed plus Vale you come into the side. Mm. I think obviously I'm going to play a bit of devil's advocate. I've got to ask these questions. I mean, Shotter obviously wants to play this style of football where we're we're, we're very sort of we, we, we don't really pass the ball about with huge sort of intensity we're kind of a bit patient methodical try and play as short as possible so we keep possession kind of thing um but given that you know we've got so many injuries at the minute and we're playing the side like we did against qpr do we not think that maybe shotter should have decided to maybe encourage them to play a different way in that game because the thing is, for me, is that I want to be consistent in the way that you criticise managers. Shotter's had a great start to the season so far, but we can't criticise Grant McCann for playing the same way in a stubborn sense um, and not changing it, given the personnel he's got, and then not do the same to Shotter. So the, the, the question I'm asking more is, should we maybe have just decided to be like, right, okay, these guys don't have the technical ability that two fans, Seri, etc., do to control the game, especially in the middle of the park. Maybe we should play this a bit more direct, use Tete as an outlet, just change it up a bit till we get some more players back from injury. Or is it just a case of he's sort of encouraging the players to play this way so that training's always the same? Well, we it worked against Coventry. I suppose you'd, you'd as a manager, you'd hope it would work against QPR, but yeah. Um, the away performance has not worked. And I was just going to say earlier, away from home, we've been trying to soak up pressure and kind of score a goal with the few chances we get. Um, 
But when we've gone 1-0 down against West Brom and um, the other one, QPR, we've, you know, crumbled. So that's certainly something we need to to get better at is, you know, trying to find a way back into the game when, you know, we haven't got the ball very much. Because mm. I think the, the most frustrating, because I, I, I went to the QPR game, which, you know, when in hindsight was quite painful. But, Poor you. Um, it was that first half... Well, the first thirty-five minutes, especially, was just. I don't and I don't know what we were trying to do in in sense, like we were very disorganised. It was very static. It was very negative. I mean, I'm going to give credit to QPR as well because I did point out to Joel at some point at the first half that tactically they set up perfectly against us. They were. I don't know. They obviously did the homework on the way we were currently playing and knew our limitations with the players we had. But at times, what they would do was QPR would they'd, they'd crowd out the middle, so we couldn't play. We had to play out wide, and then as soon as we gave it to a wing back, they pretty much you could draw a, a line on them. They would have a straight line of five players that pressed and made us, you know, go backwards. And they just did that routinely throughout the first half and forced mistakes. And obviously, ended up three nil up. And but it just didn't change, kind of thing. We didn't actively try and mix it up and. I know maybe, you know, half-time, uh, he hooked Longman off um, and, and, and the introduction of Woods really did change the game. But there was there was ironic cheers from the, the, the fans whenever we had the ball. We were telling them to pass it to Ingram because the amount of backwards passes we made was just insane. Um, and, and, you know, you want to ask questions of defences. If QPR are going to press high, they try and run in behind. Esther Pinion's constantly pointing in front of him saying, put the ball in behind. I know we got offside a few times in the first half, but... Um, the Tyler Smith goal was that, you know, great ball from Slater over the top. Um, so, you know, we've got to be sort of have extra dimensions to how we're playing. Um, it's probably, I think, what I'm getting at there. Um, yeah, just to check on some comments, actually, because I, I think we've got quite a few. Uh, Lots of stuff about the transfers. Yeah. Are we a Chelsea feeder club? <laughs> Potentially. Well, it follows on from an awful lot of Chelsea loans we've had in the past, like Baxter. And, um, you know, that season a few years back with Adkins and Slotsky with uh, Aina, Hector and the other one. Um, this is a good question, actually, because I, I, I was going to ask you guys about figs. So first couple of games, I, w I was really, really, really high praise for Figueredo. Um, I liked his proper old school approach to defending last few games um you know he's 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 slipping a lot for starters he's finding himself out of position a lot and he doesn't seem to be comfortable on the ball like greaves or mclaughlin that, that jones them kind of players and we're trying to play out from the back and when he gets pressed it usually causes us problems now we've got Obviously, Sean McLaughlin on the bench. Last season, uh, Jones, McLaughlin and Greaves were pretty solid as a back three. I personally think Figs should come out of the firing line and we should go back to that back three for the Sheffield United game. Do you agree? Well, I mean, I said I wasn't hugely impressed with Figueredo and that's the back three that did so well last year, along with Bernard, but he's not here um, anymore. Uh, no, maybe, he, yeah. I mean, is he really? He's meant to be going to Milan, isn't he? One of the yeah. two Milan teams. Oh, 
okay. And oh, Dishon Bernard, I thought he meant McLaughlin for some reason. No, um, well, maybe he thinks that Schotter thinks that um, Figueredo is better on the ball than McLaughlin, but then I haven't really seen much from Figueredo distribution wise. So, I mean, I think I maybe it's a bit early, is. but we have the worst defense in the league. Um, you know, that's something we can point out. So, obviously, something has got to change. Um, and we are too easy to screw against, well, in general. Um, so, yeah, I think pretty soon we'll have to start worrying about that. Um, We've conceded 10 goals in the last three games and we're facing yeah. Sheffield United who are on the back of a 4-0 win against Reading, which on paper is very is so, very worrying. That's a clean sheet then. Yeah, it's yeah, a clean I mean, sheet and possibly. a 3-0 win, obviously. But, I mean, like when you compare it to last season, the, the, the defence was actually one of the rare strengths of ours. We, we didn't get battered regularly and we were quite good, but we couldn't score goals. I was about to say... Could you say this the defence was a strength because we had to focus it on it as a strength? Yeah, it's a good way of looking Whereas at it. Whereas this season, I mean, we... we've actually got strikers who could score goals. But... And, obviously, it's worth noting, I know this is a very, very easy excuse, but the amount of injuries we've got, we've probably not seen the correct system, formation, set of players that we're going to actually We, we have not seen our strongest team at all. Like yeah, well, there we go. So uh, Potentially, we might not see that until January or something, depending on how good some of these players are. Yeah. Uh, Happy Longman was selected to start, but then he was taken off at halftime. You see, the thing is, is we know what Longman's capable of, but I'm going to ask this question to you two now, which is an interesting one. Does Ryan Longman fit into this squad at the minute? What does he actually offer us? Take it away, Nathaniel. Well, I think that's... um, It's not about whether he fits into the squad, because he can play wing-back, winger, Yeah, but you've got to look at this way. For wing back position, we have Louis Coyle, Cyrus Christie. Yeah. He's not going to get in above either of them for the wing back. And then no. when you've got the attacking positions, if we play a three up front or if we play, play with three attacking midfielders, kind of thing, he's, or, or even as a striker, I don't think he's getting in the side. When we've got a fully strength, if say our squad's fully fit, I don't think Longman has a role in the team. Well, no, but that's the same with a lot of players. I mean, he's a decent enough. Um option to have in the squad definitely I mean of course I'll say that but it's a shame we've not seen the best of him because with certain players injured that was really his chance but yeah he's not fully fit and we saw how bad he was when he wasn't fully fit last season at the very start I remember his debut against Bournemouth he was not very good and that's why I liked him so much oddly enough um so yeah I mean you know I guess there probably will be a period in like the next two weeks before Cynic is back where Longman will probably be fit just around the time Cynic comes back, so maybe he's got a chance then to to push on. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a bit of a shame that at the moment our, our wingers are injured, but then even the backup players aren't really stepping into that position because neither Williams or Longman has been able to keep that place in the squad yet. Although we'll see, maybe he plays on Sunday. I think with Longman is. He's not fully fit yet, which I think he, that needs to be remembered going into it because, like everyone was saying about Christie, everyone yeah. was saying, "Oh, well, he's not fit." Well, Navas Longman, so but he played ten minutes but, this season. But then Randall, but then the argument would be Randall Williams is fit, so why didn't he start? I, yeah, I would I, say that he should start. I thought Williams would have started. Yeah, Williams looked very bright when he came on. I think the I thing is, he, he, he had Williams no end product though. But, yeah, but this yeah. is yeah, that's what I was going to say. Randell Williams and Andy Cannon are very sim- similar to me. They both will come on 
and give you 110% to the best of their ability, but the best of their ability is not championship standard. Yeah, 110%. So they're going to look bad. Yeah, because they, they they physically aren't capable of doing any better. That that you know they're going to run and graft the socks off for the team. I don't think anyone disputes that. It's just that the technical ability or the end product there is not necessarily for the level that we're currently at. You know, Randall Williams probably a League One standard player. Andy Cannon, you know, I'm not sure League One, League Two. Maybe he went on loan to non-league last season, which you know maybe suggests something. But I mean, I, 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 mean, I think he's to the definitely... team that's still on the league. To be fair. Well, yeah, but it still went, you know, if, if if he was, you know, League 2 or League 1 standard, you'd have thought we'd have tried to send him to the highest They, they stopped level. steamrolling it when he went there, actually. The second half of the season wasn't as strong. <laughs> yes, yeah, so that's not, yeah. not, not much of a... Uh, it's a bit harsh on him, perhaps. Yeah, but it's just, you know, it's... it's Unfortunately, I just think that, you know, that we're just lacking in, in a couple of areas at the minute, and... But I just think the surprise, obviously, for Cannon to start above Ryan Woods, who is obviously fully fit, and how good he was when he came on. I mean, we'll we'll talk about Ryan Woods actually because he's got a bit of uh, a Tom Huddleston like standard of player about him. When he came on, all he did was sit deep, um, encourage one two, has made himself available, and was looking for them runs in behind out wide. It found you know pretty much every single pass, di- long diag that he tried to Tete or. Um, uh, Randall Williams when he came on was pretty much you know probably 95% passing accuracy the guy started asking questions to QPR he stretched them um, obviously encouraged by Shorter to play a bit more direct in the second half because it wasn't working in the first um, definitely a start a nailed on to start against Sheffield United Will do you think Wood should be in there? Oh definitely well depending on who's fit because I know they keep saying, oh, Seri and Tuvan aren't fit. Oh, they are fit. Oh, they're not fit. They're not fit. They are fit. Depends two on fans, that. Two fans reportedly available, but I don't know about Seri. There's a couple of weird rumours flying about that his head's not in the right place or something. But... That's that's just... Yeah, that's exactly rumor, what it is. Yeah. That's just rumours. I won't even yeah. look into that in the no, slightest. No, nothing confirmed by it. But... I won't even bring it. I won't even bring it up. Yeah, but it does seem odd, obviously, that they keep saying he's going to be back for this game and then He's not kind of thing. There's obviously maybe the injury is worse than they thought, kind of thing. But it's just the lack of communication that feeds rumours into it that you know you can kind of put to bed with a quick. Yeah. We're frustrated they're not playing because you know we're we're doing slightly you know not as well, and we want to see these new players come in. I think if even if Tufan was fit, you don't want to risk anything. You know, bring him on later on, perhaps. Dedication, I like that. Thank you, Kirst. But I mean, the thing is with um, the, I mean, the QPR game, I just think highlighted a couple of, um, I mean, even Esther Pinion wasn't sort of free from a little bit of criticism. I think that first that opportunity he had where um, Teta squared it across. Uh, no, I think it was Elder ran into the box once it and he was tackled and it fell to Esther Pinion in the center of the goal. And if he puts it either side, that's 2 1. It's a very big chance. It was a big chance. Should really have, have scored. I mean, we can't criticise him too much because he has scored so many. Yeah. Um, he's going to miss one at some point. Um, so, yeah. But that, I mean, I thought we had a, a, a very decent spell for about ten minutes after we conceded the second goal. I thought we were the better team. There were, the Greaves had a chance back post. We had that Estepinian one. Tete got in behind. We definitely could have got back into the game at two-one there, or made it two-one. 
Um, but then we didn't, and then the rest of it was a bit drab. Mm. I mean, uh, that's enough about the QPR game anyway, because right? it was poor. So we'll 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 move on from it. Stop we'll, being we'll have a... depressing. Yeah, we'll have a look at Sheffield United, which promises to be a good game. 18,000 tickets sold so far. Obviously, that, I would imagine, includes Sheffield United tickets. I know the West Upper's not really sold many. Uh, probably it's funny, considering how many people, yeah. for some reason, were clamouring. We're the, not the one, coming back until West Upper's available. The, the, the one block in the middle of the West is red, and then the rest are green. Um, but obviously, they're, like we say, on the back of a resounding 4-0 win against Reading, who were top of the table at the time. Um Genuine top two contenders. I've got the likes of Oli McBurney back scoring again. Um, plenty of um, threat in the team. Um, you know, I think the most interesting one now, obviously because of today, is um, the starting eleven. Um, Don't even bother asking because no one has a clue. But no, yeah, but it's not what we're going to do. What team would you pick, Will? What? What would be your starting eleven going into Sheffield United? I don't know who's fit and who's not. Don't know who's fit. There's very likely to be at least another eight injuries before you know Sunday. So I don't know who of the new signings are fit and how fit they are and any of that sort of thing. Yeah, quick mention for obviously Tyler Smith's goal as well. He he has he is that kind of striker that wants to run him behind all the time, and I don't think we've yeah. had a standard of player that will play that pass to him. I do think. I've looked back at it a couple of times. Us in the ground were quite astounded that he was onside. I think, especially for the amount of times that Oscar got caught offside in the first half, trying that same. He was onside. Way. He looked very, very close. It's, uh, it is close. It looked like he was miles off during the if, game. But if you freeze close. frame it, just as Woods is about to hit it, it looks like his head is slightly further forward. But, you know, hmm. these. Well, you know, championship sort of, um, you can accept well, that without VAR. Yeah, yeah, without a VAR, so fuck it. Yeah, it was a no, great ball by Slater, though. Yeah, really good pass from Slater, who I think was probably one of the uh, rare few from the first half who could actually say, you know, I actually must have got out there today and tried in the first half because I think there was a few lacking in the first half. Uh, but Slater sort of tried to take the, the game by the scruff of his neck in the second half as well and was putting himself about a lot. Um, definitely a, a prized commodity in the middle of the pitch is Slater, isn't he? Uh, but Sheffield United, I mean, I think it's interesting because I do think we're we're, we're far more comfortable with a three at the back. Um, and I personally think that Figs needs to come out of the firing line. So I would probably, um, I, I'd, 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 I think I'd perhaps even bring in Baxter just to freshen it up, just to change it up. Have a because I think Baxter commands his box slightly more. And when you're coming up against a team like Sheffield United, they're probably going to pepper the box with crosses and set pieces. I'd, I'd, I'd. I'd and not to say that Ingram obviously deserves to be dropped because he's had a fantastic season. There wasn't much he could do about either of the, any of the goals at QPR. Um, but sometimes it's just that mentality change. Put Baxter in, drop Figs. Well, that's what him. happened last year. Ingram didn't deserve yeah. to be dropped. Then Baxter came in and did even better. That could happen. But I think dropping, I mean, arguably one of the best goalkeepers in the league, if not the, the goalkeepers had the very best start, would be a bit off but perhaps I've never really seen this like the only goalkeeper I remember actually having proper good uh, distribution that was notable was George Long um, I don't know whether Baxter's distribution is a whole lot better it's better but... than Ingram's but I think Ingram's a better shot stopper so they've, they've both got qualities about them that you know if, if you could combine them they would be the perfect goalkeeper <laughs> um, I just don't know I just think the fact obviously we're sort of leaking goals for foot at the minute 
um, just to change it up at the back, just to sort of reset a couple of players back in yeah, that zone I kind think of thing. swapping out one of the centre-backs would make more sense than one of the goalkeepers. Fair play. I mean, I, I would, I'd personally start back there. I'll come to you in a minute. <laughs> I'd I mean, start back. I think there's a more obvious substitution to make in there, and that's Woods into the midfield. But we've not got to the midfield yet, Will. So yeah. I'd start back there, and then I'd have me back three as um, Jones, Maka, and Greaves. I'd bring uh, Coyle back at right wing back. Um, that Calmelda. Very good game against Coventry, but I think QPI, he was very frustrated. I think the problem with Elder is, and I said this to somebody on the bus on the way back, is the problem with having Ben Tetter as your winger in front of you means you're not going to get much protection going back because he's not the quickest. Um, and positionally, he's not going to be as good. And he's not going to run in behind as often because he's not fast. So when Elder's running down the line trying to ask questions and look for that ball in behind, Especially against QPR, I saw it. It's 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 tough for Elder to try and balance. He don't want to commit too high because he knows he's going to be vulnerable on the back. And then it, you know, if you don't commit high enough, we don't ask enough questions and get the ball in the box. Um, so you know, maybe when the likes of Cynic and that come in, where you know he can be because his his combination play with Lewis Potter in League One was great. That interchange, can, the KLP would run back and um, obviously support him, etc. And I know Tete does try that, but he's not. You know, he's a big striker. He's not going to be 100% defensive all the time. But against QPR, Elder, for me, was just too negative. There were times, I mean, there was one time that sticks in my head. He was literally in a crossing position on the edge of the box. We had three players in, just stick the ball in. You know, we're losing. Just put it in there, ask questions. And he decided to turn around and he gave it to Greaves. And we ended up back at Ingram, who then kicked it off the pitch for a QPR throw-in. And it's just like... You know, how do we get from a position where we could have been sticking the ball in the box to a QPR throwing on the edge of our 16 yard? It's just, you know, it's 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 confusing and frustrating at times. And I think I'd personally tried Williams with him being left footed on the left hand side just so he can get to the byline and put crosses in. Um, so I'd probably go with, uh, I think my starting 11 is going to be quite controversial. So I'm going to go for Baxter, Jones, uh, Macca Greaves. Then I'm going to have Coyle and Williams as the wing backs. Then I'd have um, Woods, Slater, and it's hard because we don't know if two fans back. This uh, is what we said Hel- to you at the very start. Pelcas, Pelcas, Pelcas. Pelcas won't be starting. He won't be starting. This is what we said. Mm. Like he's he fit to play, out. but not not to start. I don't think it's not going to be too much. <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out the side that I don't have to put Longman in. <laughs> right, right. Just work out the side without new transfers in there that have been done today. There's not much you can change from the QPR. Perhaps swapping, if you go for the same starting lineup as QPR, but swap Christie for Coyle, uh, Williams for Longman. Um, it's not really Woods the same lineup then, is it? Um, Woods for Cannon. That, that's a third of the lineup change, like, but. Yeah. Yeah, no, but obviously for in terms of the the starting eleven and the bench combined, it's the same squad, isn't it? It's just swapping the starters for the couple of bench. Well, no, I imagine the bench will have the new signings on it. Is my thoughts? Yeah, yeah. But I definitely Woods definitely needs to start for me, and I think Williams was bright when he came on. Um, well, essentially, it, what the there with my eleven essentially. 
more, more like it was when it. we ended the game. Essentially, yeah. Would you start Smith because he scored? No. No, I wouldn't. I mean, it depends. If you play... No, no it, wouldn't, it wouldn't really be, be effective as a winger. And calm yeah. down. We're not going to start Tyler Smith. We've got the top goal scorer up front. We'll be fine. You usually I think he's coming off the bench. You usually reward a, a goal scorer with a start, though, don't you? Um, I mean, there was. I think the club were probably planning on sending him out on loan this uh, this window today, probably. Um, but I don't think they are. Given the injury situation, I don't think they can. Um, I don't think we're sending anyone out because of the injury thing. I think January is when they were going to send people out. A couple of the youngsters have gone out, and they Snell Grove and Mills. I think yeah, and Jeff Mills. Um, but in terms of first team, I don't think we can probably afford to let any go until January at least. It's a shame, really, because a lot of these um, sort of fringe players will not play very much now, really. And then they're hardly going to play in a few weeks when all our players are back. So really, even though they have to be here now for the next few weeks with the injuries, you know, a lot of them are going to be leaving in January and they're going to be thinking that about six months of their career has been wasted. Yeah, because... When, 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 obviously the majority of the players are back in the squad, the likes of Cannon and um, possibly Williams probably won't be anywhere near the starting eleven. I'd imagine, and will rarely make the bench. Um, and we're obviously out of the cup as well, so they haven't even got that that they could play. Yeah, in. I um, mean that was probably a blessing, to be honest. Oh, thank goodness! Yeah, thank you, Bradford. Smallwood know, doing us one last favour. As the game was, that was probably a blessing in hindsight. Yeah, because we would have got battered by whoever came up next. Blackburn, we would have had. Right then, so uh, we will go for score predictions then. Uh, will, what's your score prediction? Since we can't seem to defend, apparently, um, but we like scoring, two all. Two all draw. In confidence and her. Yeah. Nathaniel? Well, I mean, what, the first six games I predicted would be a draw then against QPR. I was about to say we were going to, um, uh, on the preview, I said we were going to win or lose and I changed it to a win uh, I'm not going to do that I think yeah we concede but we're scoring I think Sheffield United will have too much but I think it could be an entertaining 3-2 defeat I was, I was actually going to say 3-2 as well I said 3-2 on my um, prediction that I've sent to Sheffield United pod I think the, 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 entertain, the good thing is is that our squad is weak at the minute but we're still scoring goals this is a thing yeah we have the same number of points at the moment as Preston. Now, would you rather have been watching Preston North End with their nil-nils after nil-nils or us with goals? I think we've had the most goals in the Championship our games overall. Yeah, yeah we've Plus got the best and value for entertainment in the league, obviously. Absolutely. The amount of goals. I, think I would we're, always we're... rather play Kevin Keegan football than anything else. It's, it's a bit Leonard Slutsky, isn't it? Because I feel like at the moment we've sort of got the... Um... Schotter's had the same sort of um, dilemma that Adkins had. When Slutsky was sacked, it was because we were screwing but conceding too many. Schotter came in, made us hard to beat, and there were lots of nil-nils. And now we've gone the other way. And I think it's the sign of a good manager, a really, really top manager that can, you know, change it. So you are you start to score, you, you stop conceding, but then your the positive side, which you already had sorted, keeps on going well. But at the moment, you know, we've swapped it round, but we've lost the solidity at the back. So, you know, 
I, I guess I just said Schott is not a top manager, but he's obviously not. <laughs> he's obviously not a top manager because you know he's here. Link, link, he's not he's he's bomb, winning Champions Leagues, is he? So it was thirty-three to one for the Bournemouth job at one point. <laughs> Why? I don't know. But he was on yeah, that. That's, that's yeah, I will always take a team playing fucking like I said, Kevin Keegan football. Yeah, because you're more likely to do well. Style. You you can't get into the playoffs like during nil nil every week, but you might be able to get a good run with just a few goals and get a few players scoring, and that's more exciting. So yeah, um, we've got the potential to to do better, and, and we'll have more of the ball with the new players back. We should concede less. I think the interesting thing to to note about this as well is that we've scored the amount of goals we have. And we actually don't create that many chances. So we've been yeah. very clinical with the chances we've had. I think we're, we're actually like, if you, want, if you want to get your pointless expected goal stats out, we're something like 23rd, aren't we? Uh, the, the amount of shots per game we have is is something like, uh, we average three or four shots on target per game. And we're like the third highest scorers in the league. So we're oh, not I'm creating not, many I'm chances. Like, I'm next year. I've only just realised that expected goals, like my app I use, FotMob, has us at like eighth in the table for expected right. goals. There are different numbers, different websites. Right. Expected goals is bullshit. Stop going on <laughs> about expected goals. It's it's one stat you can use, but you shouldn't just use just that. It's used so much by everyone now. It's like this fucking amazing stat that suddenly appeared. It means fucking nothing. Yeah, because QPR beaters... QPR beat football us by like zero point three xg, but they were clearly much better than zero point three of a goal than us. So I think yeah, it takes into account, it. doesn't it? It takes into account the quality of chances, number of chances, shots on target. I don't know how you can accurately predict what's a better chance than another or something like that. I don't know how they work it out. But That's it's where you got to use to, it along with other stuff. Yeah, it's supposed to reflect the 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 amount of goals you should have scored based on the chances you've but had in the it's game. It's like saying, it's like saying, oh, they had 80% possession, they should have won comfortably and they lost 1-0. It's a bullshit statistic. Yeah, but it's then just, that just means that you can take away from that stat, is that they played better than... than, than the only stat teams. that matters is goals scored. End but of. It, do, it does matter, Will, because <laughs> I play football manager and I get an XG of 3.4 and I lose 1-0. football manager real life? No. It is to me. It is to me. You are a sad bastard. <laughs> but it's 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 just a it's a stat that somebody's added in, and it it tries. To, it, yeah. It's yeah, it's a stat. But the problem is, everyone goes fucking mental over it suddenly. Mm. It's lost all meaning. My oh, stepdad really? listening will be appreciate this because he hates it. It's bullshit. Yeah. It's absolute wank. To be fair, I think I've not met a single person who thinks that it's worth taking seriously ever i take it seriously but not hugely seriously but like i think you know it's always it's (laughs) i i think it's based off you know because they wear those tracking things right it's about where it's the it's it's not like the likelihood of the chance it's more this is the amount of goals that have been scored from that position based on however many thousands of goals these tracking things have uh, have shown but that's but the thing is like they wear them for to track our. our no, I think it's. How else would you know how? But you you look on the um the stats because it's and it data, shows you where the shots collectors. have been from. It's data so, collectors from from the stats. Yeah. you can't use it just expected goals. You've got to use it with other stuff. So yeah, if it's like a, an extremely low number or an extremely high number, sure. But if you're haggling over zero point tens, then 
doesn't really matter. I uh, for the like audio point, listeners, I would just like Will to point was everyone very annoyed onto an, I would yeah. just like to put everyone onto an article by uh, Luke Flanagan of uh, the Tigers Blab podcast about XG. Uh, he was calling his Twitter and found it. That pretty much sums up my thoughts on it. Um, if you don't have time to read about it, fucking shite. <laughs> pretty much. And my feelings on XG, I just don't get it. Well, if you don't get it, then you're, no, it's not for get, you, then, is it? I like... don't get the point of it. Right, we've spent far too long on XG. Yeah, right, let's move, move on. on. <laughs> right. Um, we've got a couple of score predictions in. Uh, Lee Walker, uh, 2 1. Oh, that, that would be winner. nice. That would be beautiful. There would be com- absolute pandemonium in the stadium. Woodford would not be happy. Um, 2 2, draw. I would take a point. Lots of goals. Yeah. I really hope Slater scores no matter what happens. Yeah. Uh, 4 2. Just to rub it in. Don't think there is a standout team up to now. There isn't a specific standout team, that. but that top four look pretty solid. Sheffield yeah, United. What a boring top four that is. Can I do a weekly um, you know, complaint about parachute payments? Yes. I mean, it's, they're rubbish. Move on. They're ruining the competitiveness. Yeah, they're, they're it used to be. Yeah, it used to be that literally anyone could go down or, or get promoted from the championship, whereas now... Um, although, of course, you can't have a great season every year because you'll go up. You can have a great season every yeah. two years. Teams have it... sort of found a, like a semi-loophole into yeah. making money constantly that puts them ahead of everyone else in the championship. Yeah, it's it's boring. It's it's a weird one, isn't it? Because they obviously introduced it because it, it's, it's a symptom of the increased... Um, amount of ins well the insane amount of money that is pumped into the Premier League that increases every year. So you look at, you know, the Premier League at the minute, T V rights, sponsorship deals, the amount of money that teams can now afford to spend on transfers, etc. Wages are now silly high. Um and then that means when teams get promoted, in order to compete, you have to spend money to do that. But then spending money means that you have to spend more on wages and transfer fees. And then as as a club, you're then, you know, you, your expenditure goes up astronomically. And if it doesn't work and you still get relegated, you're screwed. I mean, obviously, you can mitigate that by, you know, certain contract clauses like wage drops and, and things like that. But, you know, realistically, are you going to sort of recruit the, the, the top talents if you're saying but I'm going to stick a relegation clause in there. It'll cause... be very interesting to see what happens to Nottingham Forest because, I mean, parachute payments won't work with them. If they go down, they're, they're no. gone. Or they should be yeah, gone, really. I mean, they were they would have been in trouble had they not gone up. And then so they've, they've essentially spent yeah. all the money they got for promotion. Yeah, it's not sustainable. I saw, right. I've already seen that earlier today on Transfer Deadline Day, the sign Josh Burler. And instantly have sent him out on loan to Olympiacos. What? Yeah, who is who is um, yeah. who is worth who noted, owned by the same people as Forest? Yeah. That's ridiculous. Yeah. But like, why why bother? But it's a, it's a similar thing that is, as Watford. I mean, similar no, to Watford. Really, the transfer that you are referring to was dodgy as fuck. The Watford have been doing it for years. Oh well, yeah, with they kind of had quieted Udinese. down for a bit, and then this season, that what was the player who went to Nancy and then got loaned back? They sold him and then loaned him back so that they could come out of the Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Which, which I think is very similar to um, Derby selling their stadium to Mel Morris to get around it. 
Yeah, there's yeah. lots of ways around it. But, I think it's good. They haven't got away with it, have they? No. But in the in the letter of the law, um, uh, Udinese and Watford are two separate entities owned by two yeah, different people. That's the thing. So you can you, you can do it. So if if you know Udinese ever ended up in financial trouble, they could sell like five players to Watford if they wanted and get around it. It just seems like a bit of a a loophole that I don't think the EFL ever expected to really have to deal with. But if it yeah, increases... I mean, on on a last note on parachute payments, and then we can move on to something more city related. But obviously, you need them because you can't just have every relegated club going bust like three clubs going bust from getting relegated every year. Um, but obviously the like uh, safety, the financial security of clubs getting relegated is more important than just competitiveness um, in a league. You'd rather have the team staying, you know, um, financially stable than not existing and other clubs getting promoted. But yeah, I think just because of how much money is being pumped into the Premier League, I think it... You know, they it's do have it's an unfortunate big, side effect of, yeah. of of the the Premier League increasing that gap between the rest of the football league and just becoming its own entity and the world. If, you know, Chelsea, Man City, etc. They'd be happy to just have the Premier League and nothing else, wouldn't they? Let's be honest. I mean, they all try oh, yeah. to join the Super League kind of thing. The, the The rest of English football, the Premier League itself, is just sort of in its own world and doesn't. You know, it's. It's all about that that global coverage, TV rights, etc. So the amount of money, but football league clubs coming up will struggle, have to spend money, and therefore the parachute payments were brought in to um, to steady that ship if it doesn't work. But you know, at, at the end of the day, you should really have um, uh, an owner that that ensures your financial safety for when you're going down. You should be spending within your means, not beyond. Recruit better, you know. If, invest some of that money in better scouts you know you can you can invest it in different ways can't you but yeah like i say we'll move back on to obviously city related stuff and it is transfer deadline day the the uh, window shuts at 11 so we've got gonna say it is currently as we're recording 8 57 p.m yeah so Two anything that happens in. after now is we're sorry for that we don't say anything <laughs> um so obviously today um i'll get my pictures up because i might as well since i've got them Adama Traore, who's been here since the beginning of the month. Um, well, in terms I of think, before, actually. I June. think we should have saved that for 11 o'clock. Yeah, just so. I guess you want to start the day off, get people interested, and then you can uh, uh, you know, build up to the other you deals. You should have built up to a big one and it'd be Traore at 11 I o'clock. Think it, I think that would have been a good laugh. <laughs> I think it's interesting that he's obviously had signed the contract since like July. So it's interesting that if we were obviously we've announced him before the transfer you know deadline we didn't necessarily have to but um it's interesting that we just didn't because he's still injured he's going to be injured I'm until christmas yeah, why I'm didn't they do it ages ago i'm wondering if he's not going to be injured till christmas i think he I probably mean, is i think he is but i feel like we weren't going to announce it until January, but we've just decided to now. And it might be because Possibly. I mean I'm just I'm just speculating that he might be available earlier than we thought. I don't think it'd be massively earlier like. I mean we've got the World Cup as well in the middle of that that'll take off a big chunk. But he might be available when the we go back, come back from that break. That'd be good. Rather than yeah. at Christmas. He's another one obviously that's got international and Champions League experience. He's an attacking midfielder so he's he's gonna be 
mixing it with the likes of Two Fan, Pelkas, etc. Uh, probably another dimension to to add to the team when he is available. When we see him, like we say, it's been a bit odd that we've waited so long to announce him. Maybe the club were waiting to see how serious the injury was before fully committing to it. That was that's why I'm thinking he might not be. He might be back earlier than the thing. Maybe not massively early, but maybe just a bit. Yeah. Um, it is funny that we moan about. We sorry, we moan about the midfield, but when you look at actually what we've got available when they're all fit. Hmm. But <laughs> it's, it's it's just very Hull City, isn't it? That we've got an injury crisis and we announced the sign of an injured player. Just you know, it's. <laughs> especially this season uh, madness but obviously uh, uh, possibly the first of two youngsters from Chelsea today um, Xavier Simons I'm not going to pretend to know anything about him it's the first time I've heard of him and the first rumour I think of him was today and we've already signed him so it must have just come straight out of the blue um, he's, he I get the feeling play. it was one of the hidden ones that Baz has been on about yeah he's he's apparently a midfielder that can play as a defender um, you know he's played both. He can so play absolutely. anywhere on the right, essentially. Mm. Yeah. Um. They, they've they've announced him as a defensive midfielder, so perhaps they're looking at pushing Jones back into defence and using him in that number six for the time being. But again, a player that we don't relatively know much about. Like um, say about him playing anywhere on the right wing, you could argue we need more. I know we've just got Christie as well, but you can argue we do need depth on the right wing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then, obviously, the big one that we've been waiting for for a while, he was watching us at QPR. He was there in the director's area. Uh, Greek international Demetrius Pelkas. Um, pretty somehow, much play. somehow that game did not put him off signing. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think well, he, he probably, probably already signed. Yeah, he'd he already signed already, And he'd probably turn into Adjin and saying, what's happening here? Uh, but he's, uh, he was pictured, he, he did some pictures with fans, didn't he, before the game at Loftus Road and everything. So we all knew it was coming. Um, gives us Europa League, Champions League, international experience again. Signings like this in the Championship, I think. I think Pelkas is going to be one of the best signings of the window. Uh, yeah, this is one of the marquee ones, along with. I mean, just judging by how good Tufan's been, and he's you know the best he's played is at Fenerbahce. Same with Pelkas. If he's anywhere near as good as Tufan, he'll be one of the best because we think Tufan's one of the best attacking midfielders in the league. He'll be one of the best wingers and if we have both of them because they've played together before yeah that's a terrific signing yeah and obviously they played together at Fenerbahce didn't they so they'll already have that understanding and hopefully that partnership on the pitch will reflect uh you know I imagine Cynic um Cynic Pelkas and uh Tufan as the three behind Oscar uh you know the potential is very dangerous yeah Loving life already. For the audio viewers, Nathaniel's showing us a picture of um, two fan putting his arm around Pelkas at Ice. They're bezies. They're at a restaurant. Oh, yeah, a restaurant. The Marina. Not uh, a clue. I, think I, I, can't, I can't tell by the cutlery where they are. <laughs> was it Brewdog? Maybe, maybe at the kind of oldest stadium. No, that's Callum's place. <laughs> it was, uh, I think it was Dirt Burger. Dirt Burger. Uh, okay. I bet that day better than Bournemouth. Um, yeah, I mean, overall the transfer window. So let's, um, in terms of, I mean, we're, we're, we're potentially announcing the signing of Harvey Vale by the looks of it. He was another youngster from Chelsea attacking midfielder. Again, not going to pretend to know anything about him as uh, Chelsea. He was have. their young player of the year last year. He's very highly regarded. They just well, signed a four year contract with him. So they clearly have faith in the man going forward in key terms of keeping him. 
Yeah, so, I think that these um, academy players we've signed, uh, Salah from Arsenal, who's very highly rated, Arteta wanted to keep him. Simons was the captain for Chelsea, you've just said. Vale was a player of the year for Chelsea's academy. Yeah, I think, I mean, it's very difficult to tell just how good academy players are coming in because, like I think before, we've signed some loan players from Chelsea and other big clubs. And obviously, if they're coming to us, especially under the Alam era, they can't have been that that highly rated but then Harry Wilson was you know immediately one of the best wingers in the league having played no professional football yeah so the, the thing is with young players is they, they can have all the potential in the world they just need to be it depends how you manage them need to be you know, on, on loan spells especially they need to be obviously able to play in the way that they want to and they need to have regular first team exposure to obviously get that experience get that learning curve on but my question would be to signing someone like Harvey Vale with the, the options we've got in attacking midfield already and us being out of the cup. Like, what what game time is he expecting to get? Yeah. I can't imagine Chelsea would sign him, let him go out and learn if he's not been promised to play you know, the, fairly regularly. But Unless there's more injuries later on in the season ahead of this crisis we've already got. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be a fantastic loan move for Simons or or um, fail because yeah they're not going to play and then Salah's uh, not permanent option so maybe he sees his long term future here um, but yeah even still I, I think I don't necessarily think they're going to be playing it's not like under Adkins where th- we had three um, Chelsea defenders in the back for the whole season um, but you know maybe they're great which would be nice yeah. so obviously um we're judging him before even seeing him, but it's like yeah. I keep forgetting that we've got Docky to come back from injury, and you've got um Salah who had my hand that we signed as well as to add to Pelcast, to add to two fans, to Seri, to Slater, to Simon. I, I feel like I feel like we're gonna try and play one of those fucking formations from the 1930s where you played two defenders and nine attackers. Yeah, just um, two nine. Yeah, just right. Just go out. It'll, be, it'll probably just say shot off before the game because be like, right, just play where you want, guys. Just have it. It has like, been very like, fun. On FIFA, because I've been adding the new signings as we've gone, and um, I was just playing um, with Hull on FIFA, and I had all the players fit and available. I was playing five at the back, then five up front. Um, maybe five we could go for that. Five. Yeah, five zero five. Usually you play five five, and that's a defensive formation. This one I had no midfield. It was. Uh, it didn't. At least really do a four two four. Put some balance in there. Um, yes. <laughs> so we've made 16 signings, is it? On, in we, we will it, and if the Veil one goes through, it hasn't official yet, but it will. So can you name all of our signings? Go. Yes. yes. Go. We're not going to, but like, yes, obviously. <laughs> all right, do you want me? Uh, give me, do you want someone time me? Go on, get your time out. Uh, do, give me a minute. No, no why don't we just check it in 10 see if we can get them all? All right, well, Baxter. Lota Tala. I'd forgotten him, so I, I wouldn't have been able to do it. <laughs> um, Figueredo. Traore. Christie. Pelkas. Ozan. Seri. Tete. Uh, Salah Uladmiand. Uh, Simons. Vale. Um, He's not signed yet. Yeah, well, uh, he's part of the 16. He'd be uh, 16. Oscar, Oscar's opinion. Ali Har on permanent. Uh, Ryan Woods on a permanent. 
Who else is left? How many have we said, actually? That's a good point. I don't know. We should have been counting. I, I think, I don't think we've said... That. I don't think we've you said... Know what, 10, I, think. I don't think we've said Cynic. No, we, we hadn't didn't. said Cynic. You just gave me an answer there. Thanks, Cynic. Cynic. <laughs> uh, who else is there? Um, this is difficult, really. Maybe <laughs> we have said them all. And you said yes with such confidence. Well, if I'd done my way of going through from goalkeeper to striker, we'll mess that up. So I would have got it then. I think that might be most of them. Pelkas. No, I, I, I remember a couple more. Go on. Kerville. Well, yeah, I was going to. That was what I was going to say. He hasn't actually. I don't think they've been saying him in the sixteen because it was an academy signing initially. But because we signed him from another club, even though it was a their academy, and he's played for the first team, he is a new signing, really. Um, I feel we've said pretty much all near enough all of them. I, I, can't think, someone, but... I can't think of anyone else. Either way, yes, and we knew them all. Yeah, up so yourself. It's a, so we're not. So we, we we're pretty much saying that if Vale signs, that's that's us done till January. Uh, they've yeah. said they've said it'll be one more signing, but don't rule us out. That's the thing. When Ronaldo's contract gets terminated um, at eleven o'clock. <laughs> Fenerbahce had been linked with him, but maybe Ajahn would probably try. <laughs> I don't think he'd succeed. No, but the, um, honestly, though, the, I don't know how true this is. Well, it's not true, obviously. I mean, but it, 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 we're, not, we're not in the Champions League. Why would Ronaldo join us? Uh, Kamar Roof oh, yeah. was mentioned in a couple of tweets as a possibility. Burnsy, um, right? Anwar El Ghazi, um, before he <laughs> left for wherever he went, we were supposedly interim on loan, but he's gone somewhere on a permanent, I think. He's gone somewhere on a permanent. Uh, Joel tagged me in it yesterday, but you know, there's. The, I'm I'm relatively happy if if this squad's fully fit. That is some squad for the championship. I think you know when we had that evening with Ajin and he and he, he said he was going to get you know eight to ten players, and we've ended up with you know. The well, I was at the press conference what two or three weeks after that, and he said two more signings, and I think there's been six or seven since yeah. then. It, it's it, He's, 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 he loves it, doesn't he? Adjun? He probably comes in and goes, "Nah, you know what? I'll get another couple." And well, I've, I think injuries have probably forced it as well. To be fair, but a very successful what, transfer window. And what the main thing to take from it as well is that entire transfer window, we've made six million pounds technically net spend from the transfer fees. Yeah, but I'm pretty thanks, sure we it's closer. Yeah, but that's pretty good. And keeping hold of Greaves is great. And um, yeah, that might be the biggest one. To be a lot, a, a lot of people were were obviously worried that the wage budget will have been silly, and that you know um, FFP may be an issue. But I think that because of the last few years, we've had such a tight wage budget initially that I think we had. I'm sure we had the second lowest wage bill in the league last season, only higher than Blackpool. Um, so we must have had, you know, quite a bit of room to put bigger uh, wages on offer because, um, you know, more so than other championship clubs, for example, who probably average wages like between ten and fifteen thousand. As was probably, you know, four or five thousand League One wage kind we of thing. The, did we have the second lowest wage bill in the championship than we last season? Yeah, only higher than Blackpool. So, you know, we've we've. We've had a lot of room to wiggle in terms of um, yeah. wages, I think. Uh, there'll probably if be a that, bit of... If that league table had numbers on, then towards the end of the evening, I'll probably do some made-up maths and add 20 grand for each of the big marquee signings and 
see whether that actually puts us anywhere near the top. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see if we can get confirmed what like wages yeah, Seri and Tufan are on, for example, because it's probably it can't be that much, really. I don't think. I reckon twenty twenty five. I think Which at, is a, at a max. increase from what we had, but is yeah, but normal for the championship. And Greaves will probably have had a nice wage hike to stay. Because well, he'll have had the increase to equal. That. You, you hear things. You hear things about some of the wages at Derby and Stoke and like 40 grand for championship players and yeah, so we can't be very high. Um, that's been rubbished. Sorry, Alex. Um, yeah, no, classy. I don't think we're getting another winger other than Vale. I think they've said one more signing and that'll be it, but that's still a, a bonus. Yeah. Just another good I mean, option like, to have. Do we think then that this is the best transfer window we've had in years? I hear that question you because define it, it. It, 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 the season goes. No, I, I, I think... I remember 2014. <laughs> yeah, that deadline was, That was a good chance for window at the time. I think you have to rate exactly. it at the time. At the time, we would have said it was great. And now you'd say it yeah. was wank. Well, I'd still say it was like... No, I'm still saying even though that didn't work out well. I, I, I judge it as, as it feels at the time. I, I think... This is definitely the biggest. It's a bit unfair because this is definitely the biggest improvement we've had in one window. Of course, yeah, it's going to be the biggest overhaul because we I had a league one squad. That's it. It's an overhaul. Yeah, it's just a complete upgrade in standard, isn't it? it we, we, we've we've gone from a lower, lower championship, high league one standard squad to a at least mid-table top ten well, standard championship. Here's a question, and maybe you'll think it's a really easy one, but do we have a better squad now, or do we feel better about the squad than we did in uh, 2017 when we just got relegated to the Championship? We had Grzycki and Bowen, but then we well, had Solsky, spent a lot of money. Oh, yeah, um, that's a good question. I need to look at that squad. I would say yes, but that's maybe recency bias. Yeah, because at the time we thought, you know, like Dicko, Kingsley, Terrell, Irvin, those sort of people, Stuart, we spent uh, we spent more then than we did this year. We've spent about 12 million on fees. We spent about 16 then, I thought. Um, so I think maybe maybe I felt better about this it then. This is probably better, but I get yeah. where you're going from on that. But we've had, to spend, we've had to spend, we've had to do an overhaul because it's got worse I'll... every window since then. The Leonard Slutsky summer window wasn't actually that great because um, if you if you remember reading some of the comments that he did about his time at City, he had made him a lot of promises that he didn't come through with, i.e. I'm going to hold on to your best players and you're going to buy some. And then apparently when Slutsky went into, was it Portugal, where he had the, the pre-season that time, every time he came to training, he had another player saying, I'm off, see you later. Uh, and yeah. He, he, he then wasn't also, then funds went reinvested in the side. We kind of had our pants down with the Kevin Stewart deal, Andy Robertson. We saw Klukas for a good fee. I think he went for 15, 17 mil, didn't he? Um, that was good, yeah. Curtis Davis, Tom Huddleston went for less than a million. Um, uh, Andy Robertson went for nine million, but we signed Kevin Stewart for six. So, you know, yeah, that, something like that. that really wasn't very good. Maguire um, went for a shockingly low amount. Maguire went for... It was about 15 or something 15 like that. Million. Yeah. Um, but then we also only signed, you know, players that were one, one to two million or freeze and loan. So we got like Olerina, yeah. Tamori on loan, which, you know, in hindsight was a great signing, but we didn't utilise him in the way that we should have done. Take him right um, back. 
<laughs> yeah, we played him at right back for some strange reason. Um, but I don't, I don't I think we, we didn't have a good window that window. The squad was more that it was capable of far more than it did. Yeah. Uh, but the window was not. I just mean we've different. had to do a big overhaul because I feel like every window since then the squad's probably got worse. Like we didn't do as well that season, but you know we've we've lost these players eventually and they've gone on, all gone for freeze. So we had to build it up from a league one kind of bare bones squad into something else. I don't think. Andre Ayew and William Cavallio would have been realistic signings if... No, we're well in with them. I, I know, but I don't... Well, Andre Ayew would have been. He went to fucking Swansea. Yeah, I remember um, yeah, Charlie Austin filling in the medical. Well. Well, we were in the Premier League in 2014. Uh, we, yeah, we were in Europe in that summer transfer window. I think I think this the signings Marco Silva was able to bring in, and even when we yeah, were like bottom like, of the yeah, like Ranocchia and Markovic. I think that, that showed. Players. I think that showed just how even with the signings we made in that 2014 window, just the caliber of players we seemed to bring in in our situation then that Silva brought showed that we really didn't have much ambition. Like maybe we could have got those players, but we didn't really, or, or Hull wasn't as attracted. To, to those sort of players as it could have been, even under the alarms, you know, we had good years, but it wasn't, we never fulfilled the potential in the Premier League. Mm. Yeah, that, but that... I think now, if we're signing these players in the Championship, one day if we're in the Premier League, we're going to have, you know, a lot of pull because Ajahn has a lot of contacts and, and town and stuff. So um, it would be a, a, another exciting one if we went up. But, you know, that's a long way off. Yeah, he certainly has um, something about Imagine that can obviously convince players to come and join us. And when you're a club like Hull City, which is seen as you know rather unfashionable, it's, it's nowhere near London. It's out in the sticks. It's hard to to recruit that quality quality standard of player. And I think having an owner like Adjun, um sort of you know supersedes that and would ensure that if we ever did get back to the Premier League, we'd have um, seen probably a, a, some of the highest standard of players we'd signed in, in a while. Have we missed out on using the foreign market a lot then? Because is it perhaps because we're in England, that's that's an attraction to a lot of players immediately, isn't it? Whereas we've been just trying to sign players from within England and they're not going to see us as attractive as a team from London, for example. Whereas Cynic, I think, I think the a, difference a is... club in England comes in and he's whoever it is, he'd be excited. I think the difference is that in the past, you've kind of had to find players from abroad that are more of a gamble. Like, I'm trying yeah. to think, you know, Altidore, um, Proswick, uh, Stag- Stagbo, players like that that have done okay in the leagues they're in and could possibly transition into, you know, the English game and maybe didn't. So, um, whereas the difference now is that Adjun can literally recruit some of the best players from the top Turkish sides, etc. Yeah. Yeah, we're all saying this hypothetically as well. This lot might all be shy for all They might know. be. Well, they that's be. true. We already know a few of them aren't because so the, few I've got more, I've got more say, confidence. If you say that, a few of them we know that aren't, I knew Hatton but Arthur wasn't shite when he joined us in 2014. But yeah, but he hasn't. He hadn't scored. City he hadn't scored seven goals in August. To be fair, I mean, I think it, I've got more already. confidence in the signing of Pe- Pelkas to become a good signing for us this season than the likes of. Um, 
I'm not going to say Diamande because he was the king. Um, I don't really think there's a club in England that some of these players would be better suited at than us because of the Turkish connection, because of the Fenerbahce connection. You know, they've they've come because of that. Um, Pelkas hasn't come to Holstasi just because he thinks, you know, oh, it's a, a good opportunity. He's come because Ajahn, specifically Ajahn, has, has convinced him, I think. It's quite, it's quite a good discussion, this. I think um, we, we should consider doing an episode where we talk about some of the best and worst transfers that City have made. I think that'd be quite an entertaining one. Um, yeah, well, because there's not much more really that we can say about this window. We, we've, 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 we've got so many players still to come back. We're yet to see the full uh, potential of this squad. The, the capabilities of, of some of the players we've signed are up there. And, and, you know, if everything goes right, we could be in for a playoff chase. But, you know, realistically, mid-table should be the aim. And it's easy to get carried away in it when we get a couple of good results and um, and overreact with a couple of bad ones. But as long as, you know, we're, we're in a position where we're far better than we were last season, um, there's not much really we can complain about, is there? And I think, I think by, you know, January time, we'll have a realistic... Um, I think the January window is going to be very interesting, you know, because it depends... Have have we got, you know, the means to to make signings in January? I don't think so. Relative, the squad's already full, isn't it? Is, I'm sure, well, I would yeah. argue we're, we're not trying to sign anyone in January. No, I but that's what I mean. But it's still now. Yeah, so he's trying. He's trying to bulk up the squad so that in January we'd have to do the panic buys, the other inflated. So, yeah, because normally in January, yeah, like you say, you have to pay more. Yeah. I, I think so, if we were already, if we had the finances to pull off some big transfer fees, we would have done that. But I think the three we've done pretty much got us to the fee we got from Lewis Potter. And and then since we signed Cynic, was that our third transfer fee player? Or, or I guess Woods, but that probably would have been small. Um, we've been trying to do obligations to buy and that sort of thing, loans. So I think maybe there'll be one or two in January because why not? Are you allowed to do that? But yeah, think, it'll, it'll just be adding to... Yeah, January will be more of an outgoing window, I think. You know, yeah, definitely. Because like the, the players will be back and there, there won't be space for Cannon or Smith or, or, or similar players. Um, I mean, possibly. Never know. Well, no, but like, <laughs> is he going to play above... I, do you, I, I, do you think I he's going to play above Cynic or Pelkas? If I was shorter and we had, we had the means to send Longman and Smith out on loan today, I would have done. Yeah, I think a loan would, would suit him. That'd be fine. Tyler Smith, I think there's a player in there. I, and I, I he needs to Tyler play regularly. Is, the problem Tyler Smith has is he is a Alan Grant signing. He yeah, was it's... never he would never have been signed by Shotter and Adjun. Yeah, they'll probably be looking at feigning out all of the past regime players at some point, barring, you know, your, your Jacob Greaves that, that can make the I grade mean, kind of. I think the best way to look at that is the eight nil against Wigan. I think there's only Callum Elder now in the squad. Oh, I tell you what, we didn't mention Callum Styles, did we? We were rumoured with him, a uh, potential replacement for Elder. Um, seems to have gone dead though. There's been not mentioned about it since. Is the obviously the Bandley wing back, um, very good player. I'd have taken him. They're obviously in League One, so you'd have probably jumped to the chance to come I back. I don't to the think we need local. three left backs because Elder's not so bad. Yeah, but imagine Styles and Fleming as your left backs rather than yeah. Fleming but then you can only play one. You can. Yeah, I'd rather just play Fleming. 
Yeah. But you've got the same issue with Coyle and Christie. You've got the same issue with all of them. I'd rather just play Coyle. You'll eventually have the same issue with Espinion and Teta. You've got the same Oscar. issue with Baxter and Ingram. Yeah, I think Baxter. I think I, I think it's a <laughs> bit of an insult. <laughs> I think it could be a bit of an insult, no matter how well Tete's done, because he's done very well. But if he is a six foot four target man centre forward playing at left wing and you're not gonna play an actual winger there, I think Pelkas and Cynic would be a bit a bit annoyed, a bit miffed, really. It's like, yeah, he's he's to say like, oh, I'm gonna drop Ireland at Man City for someone else. No, like, you're not. <laughs> uh, oh, for oh god, oh god, <laughs> no. And Woodburn. No, we'll maybe maybe he'll be so bored at Preston from doing nil nil. We just want to come sit on the bench and watch us instead. Apparently, a twenty k attendance on. Oh, is it Sunday? I think that's just a, a hope, isn't it? Uh, I think, think it, I'm sure it's 18,000 was the last Which is very good. Unless he's adding the... I think 20k is a good shout maybe when it comes to the day. Yeah. Uh, uh, Styles, no, he's a, he's a left wing back slash midfielder that plays... He's Hungarian, I think, didn't he? He played against England. Um, played for Barnsley last season, a couple of seasons. He was very good in the um, season they finished in the playoffs. The whole squad struggled last season, obviously, when they got relegated. But he's definitely, oh. you know, a, bit, a natural wing back com- compared to um, Elder. I think Fleming, obviously, is waiting for his chance to come back. What have you seen? Oh, we oh interesting! Breaking news: Nottingham Forest have signed their one hundred and seventh player. <laughs> was that Batshuayi or, or who? Who is it? I, I, I'm taking the piss, but it probably was Batshuayi. Um... I mean, we can't really say much, can we? We've signed loads. Yeah, but we haven't spent 180 odd million quid either. Should we have a quick should we have a quick note actually as well on Halil uh Devisoglu or this however you pronounce he's it? Gone because, he's gone to Burnley because they didn't offer an option to buy. But yeah. we got told that he wasn't coming up to us because Brentford didn't want to get rid of him. And then Brentford Yeah, because yeah, hey, that's what I mean. He didn't get an option to buy with Burnley. That, we wanted that is very dodgy. I think that's a bit I mean we don't really know what's gone on, but I, I would have thought it would make more sense just for Adjun to say, oh, okay, that's fine, we'll have him on loan, because he's better than Vale, who we're getting as a replacement, I guess. You don't know. Oh, potentially, but you'd think so. Um, because really, option to buys are good, especially if you if it's a young player who you think will cost more next year. But really, I think if you have had a good season, especially if he's had a good season here, the option to buy is just the fact he's been here for a year and you'd want to sign him anyway next season. So I would have just t- taken... Because you, you don't know what's going to happen in a year. I think you just take him now with a, an, a loan, but it's a shame we've missed out. But I maybe he's cramped. I think the most confusing part of it was that I'm sure that what I read report-wise was Brentford wanted him as part of their squad. Yeah, which is but why they clearly don't. It was nothing to do with the option to buy. It was the... Brentford said, no, we need No, no, that's my thoughts, team. that. The option to and buy. Then, I think yeah. that's what it is. Yeah, they're actually losing fully. It's, it's, odd. it's odd that they were like, uh, no, we're not going to sell him to you guys because uh, we need him as part of the squad this season. Then Ben, you're like, oh, what about he that? Can go to ben, yeah. And they're like, yeah, see you there. Bit odd. Especially since it's in the time KLP from us. That we should have had Halil come to us as part of the KLP deal. Yeah, it would have made a whole lot of sense. Yeah. But, but I guess it, maybe that money wouldn't have helped us with financial fair play. We would have had a smaller fee. 
Yeah, yeah and then Burnley have been linked to a fair few players from Turkey as well, like we have. So I feel like maybe, maybe that's why we're saying keep players' names under wraps because we just don't want Burnley's scouting network to just sort of piggybacking us. Yeah. I think it's <laughs> that, that's wise to keep your names under wraps anyway. Well, yeah, unless we almost, we almost yeah. had it with Seri. Yeah. The, unless the agent leaks it, it's, it's usually a case of it gets leaked intentionally to bump up the price of the player into it so they can get yeah, offers. From uh, read that Burnley paid 750k for the season for a 2.5. Yeah, the loan fee. Yeah, maybe that was also a case. They wanted to they paid one in more up front. Yeah, perhaps. Mm-hmm. But I, but then but why didn't they just say the reason is you didn't pay enough for the loan fee rather than we need him as part of the squad and then send him out on loan the next chance they get. It's just weird. I don't, I don't think, think they signed anybody. In, in I don't think you ever want to say we've been priced out of a loan deal. That sounds that that doesn't mm. sound good, does it? Uh, right, unless uh, so, we've had nothing Harvey Vale wise, have we? Um, officially yet? We've got no. a lot of reports saying it's still an hour and a half, and it's then on the the an hour and a half to go on into the early hours anyway. Yeah, it, it's, the paperwork can be done. It just think he's done it. Uh, so I think that's pretty much covered what we can do for transfer-wise. A lot of signings that we're yet to see play. Um, that you know, it's exciting to see them come into the squad. It's exciting to see what this whole city squad's going to be capable of, of of this season. Hopefully, we're at a point in January where you know we're we're really strong. We've got a full team back, and we can sort of see a successful season coming on. Uh, fan attend the attendances at home are, are going up. The atmosphere is going up. Um, even away travel, I think um, we've had some good numbers this season as well, haven't we? The Cardiff-Swansea one's going to be interesting because two trips to Wales um, with a home game in between is just insane to me uh, in one week. It's just utter madness. The amount of travelling you've got to do in the space of seven days to go to... It's all the fixture list comes out though, isn't it? Yeah. The issue there uh, is the Swansea game being a midweek game. Mm. It's just bullshit. And then putting put on telly. Yeah. And I think the charging, the, the the ticket prices are quite high as well, aren't they? Mm. Uh, but in terms of uh, what else we can mention this episode, it's quite we're pretty much done. Obviously, Sheffield it's not United midweek game is an early kickoff. Ignore that. Yeah, um, we will uh, before we wrap up. Obviously, you will have seen we announced that we have uh, signed up to be part of the Talksport fan network, which means basically that we can just partner up and use each other's content. It doesn't mean that we're changing anything, so don't worry. Um, it just means that we have an extra logo on a couple of pieces and um, nothing's changing. A couple of ads on your audios. Um, I believe the video content's untouched for the moment. Uh, does it mean Does it mean Jamie O'Hara is going to appear on the podcast? Because if it does, I'm out. <laughs> I, I think that's within our power to decide, isn't it, Will? So if you You're just to... joking, aren't you, Will? Anyone listening from TalkSport, he doesn't mean yeah, that. Yeah, we love Jamie O'Hara, I promise. <laughs> we'll no, kick Will off if you want us to. Um, obviously, uh, another reminder of the FTA is if you've not, if you voted so far, thank you. If you haven't done, um, head over to our link tree to find the link to vote to do so. Thanks to Pearson's Bar and Six Yards Out uh, for being sponsors. Uh, partner up with the Amber Circle, obviously. So do join them on Facebook. We've got the raffle going for one of our home um, podcast shirts at the minute, uh, where you donate to Andy's Man Club. So all of the money is going straight to the charity this time. Uh, so if you want one of them, get go across to there and join. Um, thank you, Will. Thank you, Nathaniel, for joining us. Um, hopefully, uh, a nice positive podcast the next time we come round. Um, have we got any other videos planned for this week? Was you doing a transfer thing tomorrow, Nathaniel, or a preview? Well, we've think? done that, I think, today, really. Yeah. We covered it. So will you be doing a Sheffield United preview, perhaps? 
Perhaps. Never say never. Perhaps. Keep your eyes peeled. Obviously, you'll be notified if uh, on the channel if, if, if we're doing a video tomorrow. Um, it'd be a pretty packed week of content if we were to do a video tomorrow, but we'll see. Um, and thanks, everybody, for listening. And uh, we shall definitely see you, uh, I would assume, next Thursday again, same time. Uh, I believe. Same back time, bothered. same yeah. back channel. Bingo. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and we will say goodbye. I think that's pretty much me done. I can't actually Goodbye. <laughs> Can you find... Right. Can we end the broadcast? Yes, please. This is my, uh, professional. My, my... This is the most professional end to a podcast. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit UH1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. Talk sport. Powered by fans.